Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Teaching Notes, the podcast of the Music Teachers Association with me, Patrick Johns. I hope and trust that you're all well as we rocket towards the halfway point in this long, busy and hopefully fruitful term. Today I'll be speaking with two musicians who have wonderful things to offer us and our young people. In 10 minutes or so, Heim Kairi will be joining me to tell us about a new musical instrument, especially designed for musicians with limited mobility, and I have to say, it sounds absolutely incredible. But before Heim, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast Shivani Rattan. She's a freelance singer, conductor, the choral coordinator for Brent Music Service, and now composer, who has just released, through Singing for Pleasure, three Indian celebration songs, perfect for our young people to perform. Here's Shivani. Shivani, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about you, about your background in music, singing, composing and in education? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to Royal Holloway where I was a choral scholar, which gave me a lot of experience singing and touring around the world, which was really cool. And when I left uni, I worked as a receptionist at a school and I was a finance officer there as well. And then Brent Music Service took me on as a primary school music teacher, which was brilliant. It gave me a lot of experience with education. And I also trained with Sing for Pleasure as a conductor. So those things combined gave me plenty of stuff to be getting on with. And now I'm working as Brent Music Services Choral Coordinator and I'm a freelancer singing and conducting around London. So you have just composed and released three songs. Can you tell me about them, please? Yes, I'm so excited that Sing for Pleasure have published three Indian celebration songs by myself. I absolutely wouldn't call myself a composer, but I'm really, really excited to have written these educational songs. And what's inspired you to write them? Well, I think having grown up in choral music and going to university and being a choral scholar, I just didn't see my own culture represented within choral music at all, even though our country has such a rich choral history and is now such a diverse country. I didn't see myself represented in that choral music until I was on the NYCGB Fellowship, National Youth Choir Fellowship Programme. And one of the first sessions that we had together as fellows and composers, Ben Parry and Ruth Evans both asked us to bring a piece of music that we felt represented us in some way. And that was the first time I saw myself represented in the industry with somebody asking me that question, which kind of sparked an interest in writing some songs that could educationally teach Indian celebrations to people. That's great. Yeah, because I, I remember from when I was doing lots of singing, you would have some music from different cultures, but it was all kind of diluted and, if I can use the term, whitewashed into these kind of slightly soupy arrangements, which were lovely. And it's you know, nice to get to know those melodies and so on, but it felt very, very diluted. And now we would probably use the term cultural appropriation for cherry picking pieces of music we like around the world and then making them ours. I definitely see that. I'm just really glad now that we can kind of move forward within education to inspire more people to write songs like I've written. Because I think coming from my own culture, I can't write songs for people within the Jewish culture. Or even though my family are from Kenya, I couldn't write songs within that culture because it's not where I grew up. It's not the kind of culture I grew up in. So I'm really excited to hopefully inspire more people to write about their own cultures within the choral music industry. Okay, let's talk about the songs themselves then. The first one is called Vasaki. So Vasaki is a Sikh festival which is celebrated in April and it marks the start of spring harvest in northern India. And people visit the Gurdwara, the temple and hold festival activities in general. Now I've got the score of it in front of me. It looks very, very short. How are we meant to perform this? 
So it's around all of the songs are made for educators to learn and teach by rote. So that's the best way to do it. When you buy the songs, you get audio tracks along with them to help you with the language. And this song in particular is short because the language is a bit more complicated than the other songs. So I thought I'd make it easier for you. And what languages are the songs in? They are universally in Hindi and Punjabi. You'll find that if you're teaching it to children, for example, you'll have children saying that's Punjabi or that's Hindi because the two languages are interchangeable and there are millions of dialects in India. OK, well, let's have a listen to a little bit of Vasaki. Ahi Vasaki Khushi Alai Ahi Vasaki Khushi Alai Ahi Vasaki Khushi Alai Okay, let's move on to the second song. It is Holly. Tell us about it. Yeah, Holly is the festival that you recognise where people throw colour at each other and that's included in the text of the song. It's an ancient Hindu festival and it comes sort of earlier in the year and celebrates the divine love of Radha Krishna, signifying the triumph of good over evil. Great, let's have a listen to that. And then the third and final song is Patake. Tell us about that. So Patake means fireworks and this song is to celebrate Diwali, which happens in uh, October or November this year. It's on October the 24th. And it's a festival of lights celebrated religiously by Hindus, Buddhists, Jains, Sikhs, and also culturally and not religiously. I wrote this song last year and I put it out to gauge what people's interest was in songs like this. And it was really popular. So that's why I wrote the rest of them. And like Holly, this song is a layering song. So you can use as many or as little lines as you like. And I'm sure it's a nice talking point to talk about festivals like this. Diwali, 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 Diya Jalao Diwali, Diwali, Diya Jalao Diwali, Diwali, Can I ask you a bit about the, the music itself? When I listened to Pataka the first time, my immediate thought was it sounded very bluesy. Now, is there a kind of influence of lots of different styles of music or with the notes you've chosen, the harmony you've chosen, does that reflect any particular heritage of music? 
It definitely reflects the inner workings of my brain and the kind of musical influences that lots of different experiences have put upon me. Um, it has that Bollywood influence, especially because I grew up watching Bollywood films. That's the kind of music we would listen to at home. It has a bit of a choral influence onto it in terms of the way that the layering works and how many parts you can put together. And the rhythmic side of it definitely is probably influenced a little bit by jazz because I, I love a bit of jazz. Well, you and me both. Let's start talking, right? <laughs> And I forgot to ask you, what's the kind of age range that these songs are aimed at? I have tried and tested these songs with lots of age ranges. I have used them with adults. I've used them with younger children. In fact, you could use the third song, Patake. I've used lines one and three with key stage one, as young as that. I'm sure these songs are going to be really, really popular. Where can teachers get hold of them and the backing tracks and everything that goes with them? You can buy them on the Sing for Pleasure website and they are a digital download and you can buy the songs and they come with audio tracks and rehearsal tracks, everything to help you learn them before you stand up in front of your group or choir. And where can we find out more about you and your work? I have a website that is shivaniratan.com. Brilliant. Good luck with the songs. Thank you for writing them. And I'm sure they'll be really, really popular. Thank you so much for talking to me, Patrick. It's been really, really nice. Thank you to Shivani Ratan. Now, before the last interview, I'm pleased to be able to tell you about an exciting event happening on Wednesday, the 19th of October at 5pm. Yes, the Hibbin series is back. And this first webinar of the new academic year is with composer and animateur Rachel Leach. She'll be looking at ways to incorporate orchestral repertoire within the Key Stage 2 and 3 classroom as a way of generating hands-on composition sessions and much, much more. To register your place, just go to the online events page of the MTA website, musicteachers.org forward slash online hyphen events. Now, I've recently become aware of the Arcana Strum. You may never have heard of it, but it's an absolutely fascinating musical instrument designed especially for musicians who have limited and indeed very limited mobility. It can be played with the hands, feet, or even the head, if necessary, opening up musical doors for those who may previously have found those doors shut, and indeed locked. The Arcana Strum is made by Arcana Instruments, and their CEO is Haim Carey. Haim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm going to dive straight in. What is Arcana, and what is the Arcana Strum? The Arcana Strum is uh, the first uh, musical instrument that was designed from the ground up to be inclusive, which means uh, playable by everyone. And uh, the story behind it is a 12-year-old girl, severely handicapped with cerebral palsy, walked into a music school and wanted to learn to play guitar just like her peers. Her friends were learning flute and piano and guitar. And she wanted to learn guitar, but her hands are uh, have very limited movement in her fingers. And the uh, teacher asked her, yes, what do you want to learn to play? And she said, I want to learn guitar. And, uh, you know, the teacher was a bit uh, struck there. And he, he told her, you know, I play guitar for 20 years. And even for me, it's difficult to play a guitar. So I'm not sure uh, you'll be able to play a, a guitar. And then she took out this uh, flyer that he handed out in the beginning of the year that says anyone can play was inviting him to the school. And she said, well, you said anyone can play, so teach me to play. And uh, Boaz, her teacher, he tried to find an accessible instrument that would suit her motor skills. He couldn't find one. And, you know, they tried, different teachers tried to do the chords on a guitar and let her strum. 
you know, but this is was, was a very ambitious girl who was very passionate for music and she didn't want percussions or she didn't want the, uh, you know, they give her rattles and shakers, like instruments for infants. She wanted to play a real music instrument, play her songs, learn to play, play in a band. It was a few months of frustration trying to find instruments for her. But then Boaz, her teacher, he had this uh, eureka moment. He noticed that her control over her motorized wheelchair was very, very accurate. So even with her limited abilities with her hands, she's still totally independent and mobile with her wheelchair with the help of a joystick and a few buttons. And he said, hey, why don't we create a music instrument based on these controls? So it started as a hackathon. And when we saw that Gil was learning to play and able to play, we took it to the next level and started research on what kinds of uh, disabilities, abilities, and if we can create an uh, adaptive instrument, a versatile instrument that can suit various types of uh, abilities. And that's the inception of uh, the Arcana Strum. That's a wonderful background story. It looks an amazing instrument. For listeners' benefit, I'll try to describe it. It's about 30 centimeters across. It's got a joystick on one side and a kind of a circle. You're smiling because I've described it really badly. <laughs> no, so, you're, you're just describing it very accurately, actually. The width of the instrument was designed, it's about the width of a computer, a full-size computer keyboard, and it was designed to fit between handles of a standard wheelchair so people could put it in their lap. So that's what I meant by designed from the ground up. So we looked at what can be used and what would be comfortable for usage. You know, an instrument usually is practiced and played for hundreds and maybe thousands of hours. So we thought about this. So the instrument has weight. It's not like a toy. It weighs almost like a, a classical guitar. It has a joystick, which is not really a stick. We call it a strum stick because the, the special thing about it is... Uh, a regular joystick has like four positions up, down, right, left. And that's not enough when you want to play music because music has a lot of notes. You know, a piano has 88 keys. So we had to uh, invent something that could enable people with very limited movement to develop skills and muscle memory within the instrument itself. So this uh, strum stick has fixed stops in it, just like uh, guitar strings. So it, when you're strumming up and down with the stick, you can feel strings that you're strumming and it gives your hand the feeling and sensation of strumming strings. So you can develop rhythm and you can do arpeggios playing different strings quite accurately, even within your limited uh, movement. So that's, uh, that's one side. The other side of the instrument has a keypad with five keys and... Uh, these keys with different combinations of your fingers, different presses can actually create tens of chords. Not only five keys that create five chords, but you can do different combinations to create many, many chords and play millions of songs. And uh, within the stick and within the keys, we created uh, different adjustments and configurations to accommodate different abilities. For example, Within the strum stick, underneath the instrument, there is a knob that you can set the different tension and sensitivity of the stick. So if you have, for example, different spasms in your hand, or if you can't control limited movement, you can set and adjust the tension of the stick. And even the keypad 
you can pivot them around to fit different hand movements and even make it for right and left-handed playing. So the keys can flip totally 180 degrees, and then it could accommodate right and left-handed players. And uh, that's just some of the accessibility features within the instrument itself. The principles are just like a guitar. One hand strums and the other hand does uh, chords. I know that listeners are going to be really, really keen to hear it. Um, could you play us a couple of chords so we can kind of hear how it sounds? Sure. So just an introduction of what we're hearing. So the instrument itself is wireless and it transmits Bluetooth MIDI. So you can connect it either to a computer running uh, Ableton Live or different software. Or in my case, I'm just connecting it to my iPhone running free GarageBand. So we're hearing uh, GarageBand sounds. I'll just uh, do a basic C chord, my index finger on one key, and I'm strumming up and down. Different chords. Sounds like a real guitar, just like the original sounds from GarageBand, which are very um, impressive recordings by Apple. I've got a question about the strumming. So on a guitar, you obviously have the choice. You can just do down strokes or you can go down and up yeah. or a combination to get a rhythm you want. With the strum stick, do you have the choice of just doing down strokes or do you have to kind of come back up just because you're pulling the stick back up? Uh, that's a very good question. It's uh, one of the questions that uh, most musicians immediately ask because uh, just hearing strumming up and down uh, will eventually cause like uh, listening fatigue. So what really happens here is when you put your fingers on the keypad, on the chords, that controls the playing. So I can jump between strings and do arpeggio-styled playing if I just raise my finger, so I can move up and down without activating the strings themselves. If I play with a pick and I jump between one string and another. Great. In terms of the voicings of chords, if I want to play C major, do I just have the one voicing that kind of one generally learns first, or do I have the option of bars and can I add sevenths and ninths? Do you have that facility to have extended harmony as you would hire up a guitar neck? Yeah. So, uh, the instrument itself, uh, like every instrument, has its own limitations. You know, you can't play, for example, chords on a flute. So every instrument has its limitations. And uh, musicians uh, tend to make the best and develop style with whatever they have. So the Arcana strum also has these uh, limitations. But within the limitations, there's very wide expression. And specifically to your question... There are different modes in the instrument on the front panel which you can control or set to generate more complex chords. So not only the triads with the basic notes, but major sevens. different uh, voicings but uh, most of the chords are based on the first five 
frets of the guitar. So from E to A and uh, the chords within those. We do have uh, different modes, presets in the instruments for not only harmonics, not only for chords, but for melody playing from a full chromatic guitar with almost three octaves to fixed scales like pentatonic scales, diatonic scales, blues scales for beginners and uh, jamming. And in those melodic uh, settings, there's a full range of notes and you're not limited to just the five initial voicing frets. So you can play melodies on it as well as chords? Sure. There's a button on the front panel that looks like a one note and you push that and the arcana strum turns into a uh, melodic instruments and you can start playing solos or bass lines or anything that's not just uh, strumming or accompanying. And tell me about other things like dynamics. How can you change the volume while you play? Also a great question, especially for uh, musicians. So there's a, a slider button behind the instrument that says touch on and touch off. So we have four sensors underneath the strum stick and underneath the keys. And the pressure that you put on the instrument while you're playing controls the dynamic. While this could be also frustrating for many people who have less control over the, their motor movement, so we added an option to bypass dynamics and keep it in a single uh, playing volume. So there's options uh, dynamic playing and not dynamic playing. Just thinking about the history of the instrument, when was it released and is it now being widely used in schools? So um, we released the first prototypes four years ago. And before we started uh, selling it to schools and different organizations, uh, we had to make sure that the instrument is reliable, that it's robust. You know, uh, instruments sometimes fall, especially with passionate uh, young musicians. Uh, the instrument might fall, might break. So we did a lot of testing uh, within the first two years of the instrument to see that the build quality is up to par, to see that there's no... Uh, wear and tear that would cause a bad experience with the instrument after a few years. You know, unlike software where you could just release an update and fix things, with hardware you really have to be committed with the model and uh, uh, we didn't want any recalls or anything like that. So about 2020, we started uh, marketing and selling it to schools and organizations and uh, private uh, students and then selling uh, since then. Fantastic. I've got one quick question. Because it's obviously set up to sound like a guitar, with guitars, you could obviously add effects. You've got acoustic guitars, you've got electric guitars, you could have distortion, wah-wah chorus. Can the strum do that? Sure. You can select effects within the app itself. Or what we usually do with a lot of our students, they like to connect the iPhone or the computer straight into a guitar amp with a pedal board and then they get the full guitar experience with the instrument. Uh, we also have adaptive switches that can connect to the instrument so people can play with their feet or their head. We have infrared sensors for people who can't grasp or hold the stick, and they can just move either their knee or their head or their elbow and 
this is just the basic instrument, but with external accessories, you can control the instrument wherever you have movement. For example, uh, we have a 65-year-old recovering from a stroke who used to play guitar and lost the ability to control his left hand. So we put pedal switches on the floor. So he strums with his right hand and does the chords with his foot. So uh, that's the kind of uh, solutions that we built into the instrument itself. That's amazing. I think the greatest advantage for teachers is that you don't have to learn a new instrument. It keeps guitar principles, all the content that teachers are teaching now, songs, uh, notes, chords, tabs, all that is relevant for the instrument itself. I'm um, Thank you very much for telling me all about the Arcanus drum. Where can teachers find out more about the company, about the instrument, watch demo videos, all that kind of thing? We have a website, arcanainstruments.com. We also have a digital music school. It's called uh, arcana.school. And uh, there's a lot of songs there. And there's teachers' tools to create songs. And every teacher that uploads a song, the entire community has the notes to work on them. So multilingual. We have uh, people all over the world uh, uploading different songs there. We have uh, Arabic, French, Hebrew, uh, English, of course. There's also a... Uh, an ecosystem of services, free services that uh, come along with the instrument that uh, take it to the next level, not only a uh, out-of-the-box instrument. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Thank you to Haim Carey for telling us all about the Arcanus drum. Absolutely fascinating. And that's it for this edition of Teaching Notes, the podcast of the Music Teachers Association. If you want to find out more about the MTA, what we do, how you can get involved, and of course, how to become a member if you're not already, please just visit musicteachers.org. It's the largest and longest established association of music teachers in the UK and a huge force for good in challenging times. So do join us. If you'd like to take part in a future episode of this podcast, please get in touch. The email address is podcast at musicteachers.org or you can send me a message on Facebook or on Twitter. I am at Mr. Patrick Johns. But for now, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.